How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Oh, I'm so glad you're joining us here tonight for Tech Vibe Radio. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Yusuf. Audrey, it's fun hanging out with you again in the Tech Vibe Radio studios here on Absolutely. KDK. Absolutely. Yeah, Happy yeah, yeah. to be here. Another night at Tech Vibe Radio, Audrey. Another set of interesting people. I know. We always bring on, I don't know. Like I've always been saying, it totally this. rejuvenates me. It me too, because we talk to the coolest people. We talk to people who are building stuff, exactly, and trying to make an impact. And, That's what I love, and educating us as well too. That's true. They are educating us exactly. Because one That's of our true. guests tonight, I did a little quick little sidebar podcast with through our new podcasting capabilities at the Tech Council. We're going to air it tonight because I think it's that important, especially after you what you just went through with being hacked. We're talking to Steve Mancini tonight from the National Cyber Forensics and Training Alliance, the NCFTA. And this guy is on the front lines of all things cybersecurity. Like, he's the guy to go to. And he's going to talk to us about some of the latest threats and vulnerabilities out there, just like you experienced when your Gmail was hacked, Audrey. Like, you sent I that know, email. I know, my out. Gmail was hacked. I was, I was horrified. But, but here's you. the thing my yeah. Gmail gave me alerts. Before I actually had a full-blown hack. Really? If you think about it, I had like ominous kinds of stuff. So like all of a sudden, didn't you ever get an email from me that said, um, Jonathan, urgent, can you give me some money? That's like every email you send to me. (laughs) It's like, come on, man. That's nothing new. We had 20 bucks on you. Exactly. So you fall for it. 20 bucks. You're going to the mall. fall for it. I get it. (laughs) You come back. Boom. So... Yeah, I mean, so they're funny, right? So we, you know, you look at it because you know that I'm not sending you that kind of emails. But right. if you look at the extension of the actual email, it's not, oh, it was not my address. Hmm. Or then I would get an email that would say to Audrey, and the email that it was addressed to was Jonathan Kirsting. I'm giving you an example. Yeah. It would be someone else's name. Gotcha. Right. And I would go, whoa. How does that happen? Gotcha. So, needless to say, got into Gmail, got um, a forward, said all a rule that showed up on top mm-hmm. that I never paid attention to before, and it said forward all emails to. So this someone got in else. there, changed that alert, that sent, alert, that, that forward, and so then they delete all the sent, and then they go in to see what else is in your contacts and what oh, else is in there. Man. So then somehow by me having other open browsers, right? which I always do, which, by the way, isn't always the smartest thing, right? and they got access to even more. Oh. So they were looking for financial information. They didn't get it. Good. They really didn't get it. Okay. But somehow my American Express got hacked and my Amazon account got hacked. Whoa. So- you know, American Express is amazing. If you're out there listening, amazing. Letting you know right away someone's doing $1,000 worth of shopping on Macy's, right. et cetera. And I love the fact on Amazon you get an alert right away that you've made a purchase. And so I caught one of them. Good. One of them had already gone through. Good. But we take a lot for granted. And even if you do a malware 
scan. Doesn't find that. It doesn't find everything, right? Exactly. It's got other, it, you know, it's looking for other things. Huh. So, of course, I've gotten lots of advice, lots of people who have opinions about it, including our friend Steve Mancini over at NCFTA. Right. That's why I'm glad to bring but, this podcast out tonight. Get, but it's, it's, it's a good wake-up call for me, you know, in terms of how many apps that I constantly am downloading, how many times I'm using passwords, when I'm refreshing. Right, right, Lots right. of people have given me their advice on getting sort of that life lock. And, I just like that two-factor authentication. Yeah, the two or have make sure you always have like two-factor authentication. Yeah. Makes it sound um, But still, you know, changing your password. I know all of us have sloppy habits. Well, I listen to do. people tell me some of their stuff, and I'm like, oh, don't tell don't me you tell do me. that. Exactly. Like, don't yes. tell me you do that. You could be hacked. So we're going to so give you some information. It's easy. Yeah, we're going to give hacked. people some top tips around that with Steve Mancini. The little podcast I did with him, we're going to air that tonight. I'm excited about that, Audrey. We also have MSA in their data center stopping by tonight. Mario Caffaro stopping by tonight. MSA is a huge company doing great, great work. Yeah, MSA has been around for like... Since 63, man. That's like, crazy. That is no messing around. Like bedrock of pittsburgh's tech sector right mm-hmm. there is msa and so it's fun to highlight you know last and the week, founder is still alive and comes to work every day dr keen is the man and uh, i'm excited to keep putting spotlights on all the great work that msa is up to and we have julia takeda from fly louis stopping by tonight as well too a new flight from pittsburgh to new york and new york back to pittsburgh on an eight seat turboprop which i think is very cool neat way to get to new york city do it in style as i would say keith richard style right have your own jet what it feels like roll up to the uh, county airport no security get on your plane your cars parked for free come back rock star lifestyle man i love it it's cool fly louis they make that happen we're gonna learn all about that tonight i can't wait i think it's gonna be good stuff and so audrey february 19th and 20th yep. w- wvu our partners at west virginia university they are presenting pioneering pittsburgh at our Hometown, our turf at Alloy 26 over in Nova Place. Very exciting. They're going to be showcasing um, all the different types of technologies and programs that they have around cybersecurity, data analytics, and health sciences. And it's a great way to learn more about the school, meet with some of their alumni and their faculty. A cool kind of gathering of all things WVU happening on the 19th and 20th of February. And uh, I think we should stop on by because it's right next door to our, our, our new headquarters over in Nova Place. We love being in Nova Place, having a lot of fun there. I feel like we're in the middle of things now. There's like life around us. There is life around us. Isn't so like, we need to make more life happen out there. We do. Well, that's it. We're going to turn it yeah. up a little bit for these folks, which I we think need is to turn it on. So, yeah. If you want to learn more about the uh, the event happening with WVU, just go to uh, corporaterelations.wvu.edu slash about, and you can learn all about that there. So maybe we can crash it, Audrey. We can go over there and turn up the volume a little bit. I like to crash it. We could. Anyhow, being in a place I think is really rad because companies are there, entrepreneurs are there, and we're there. And uh, I think it's a lot of fun being in this new part of town. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's home now. Like it, it took a couple yeah. months. Had to break it in a little bit. Well, I want to get to know the north side neighbors. I know. Well, once That's spring really once spring gets here, we can really start kind of stretching out and kind of seeing who all's within mm-hmm. proximity to us. I know just going along like East Ohio Street, there's some cool businesses and restaurants and stuff like that. Everywhere. It's blown everywhere up. we go, it's, it's blown up in a good, positive way, and we're happy to be part of that epicenter on the north side there. It's good stuff, man. Very, very good stuff. So we can make it happen. I'm happy, and we got our little, um, what is it called, coverings for the windows? I know. Isn't that exciting? 
We have some actual, the first time we've had outward marketing of the council, our vinyl wrap on our windows. We have like 150 feet of all the things that PTC does. Let's, yeah, I wonder if it's all up today. Let's put a little nod out to our guy, Leo Borline, over at Sea Level. He's their art director over there. Oh, he, yeah. He designed C-Leveled the windows for us. Yep. And why don't you tell them what the history of that is? So we're using this cool concept called polyvornoi polygons, which is all about connections. It's all about pathways, and it's used a lot in technology. It's used a lot in uh, autonomous driving. And the, the PTC wants to be a pathway and a connection for your success. We want to be able to connect you to new business opportunities, connect you to talent, connect you to visibility. And we thought this really cool polygon motif design mosaic on our windows in some really bright, vibrant colors was a really neat way for us to talk about how the council exists. So cool. we're pumped. Uh, yeah. Good job, C-Leveled. Good job, Leo, for making our windows look cool and making us part of the neighborhood over on the north side. So anyhow, Audrey, Tech Vibe Radio is all in front of us. Are you ready to go? I'm ready to go. Let's make this thing happen. Keep your dial tuned right here. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. Learn all about the Pittsburgh Technology Council by going to pghtech.org. Oh, goodness. You made a wise choice hanging out with us here on Tech Lab tonight. <laughs> Audrey, we get to have way too much fun. I know. I keep singing the song, Louie Louie. Louie Louie. Why is that? <laughs> I can only imagine. Because <laughs> of our next guest. Are you going to sing it? I could. Are they going to sing it? Ooh, wait. We might just save that challenge for, oh, Julie's not Because I do that all the time. Do you sing? <laughs> no. I shouldn't. I shouldn't sing. <laughs> Alue, alue. Oh, baby. I'm flying to New York. Oh, yeah. yeah On perfect. a classy plane. That's what it's all about. So fly Louie in Pittsburgh. So excited. Because our people. Audrey, you keep jamming out, man. <laughs> I love it. It's such an easy song. It's a good song. You can play it's on the guitar. It's only like four. Oh, it's yeah. simple. Okay. It's simple. But even simpler is getting a flight on Flight Louie. If you want to go to New York City, you can do it very easily and in style, might I say. And we all know, Audrey, people need to get to New York and Pittsburgh quite a bit. And I'm excited about this. And Julia, we have you here. You are the founder of this thing. That's right. Love it, man. So cool. What's so first off? Yeah, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? <laughs> it's a really good question. And people ask me that a lot. First of all, thank you, Jonathan and Audrey, for having me. Of course. And I have a little bit of Fly Louis Wait, swag. Uh, really? Uh, Is it gold? A Louie Louie. It's gold on the inside if you open it up. Oh, really? So, it's whoa. gold. What do we it's, got? It's mint gold. Mint so gold. We've got some Fly Louis mints. Whoa. And some luggage tags. Luggage tags. Oh, luggage tags. Look how dorky I was. I thought it was like an I thought it was like, like, like You can also wear it as an accessory. Very cool. I thought it was an accessory. Okay, this is good. I love these. Thank you. Thank you. And what do and we have enjoy. here? And these are Fly Louie mints. Ooh, are they shaped in, the, in a, a plane? This, we should have Clouds. Done. No. You need shaped to, like clouds. clouds. And they you look need like to mints. talk to us. I we know how to help. We can help you with these things. We can help you with these things. And if you fly on Fly Louie, these yeah. are some of the accessories so that, that you will you get, get to enjoy. Exactly. So tell us about Fly Louie. This is a very cool way to get to New York City. And you do it on a, on a small jet? We do it on a small, on a, turbo a, a, a turbo, turbo prop turbo Turboprop right. plane, excuse me. So, yeah, exactly. So it's a new air service right. to Pittsburgh. We have 16 flights a week between Allegheny County Airport in Pittsburgh and Westchester County Airport in New York. For folks who are unfamiliar, Allegheny County Airport is about nine miles from downtown Pittsburgh. And in New York, Westchester County Airport is the same distance from Midtown as JFK. Okay. Gotcha. And the thing that makes Fly Louie a little bit different is these flights are operated on private planes. Exactly. And so you get all of the, the rock star appeal. The rock to star it. appeal. That's what I'm talking about. And so you get that time savings on private travel, but the flights can be purchased by the seat. So we're by making it seat. a little bit more accessible for folks to fly private. 
Okay. And we can make that trip from your bed to the boardroom on the other side less than three hours. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And that's what people are looking for these days in order to so, see that. So how did you come up with the name Louie? Yeah. Yeah. So Louie is, it's a family name. Part of what we're trying to do is really make private air travel more accessible for folks. And so I liked feeling a little bit of kind that of, in the name. Yeah, kind of button it down a little bit, right? Yeah, but also, so my great uncle was Lou, and he brought the family over to the U.S. 100 plus years ago, and he was a great guy, and I ended up naming my younger son after him. Gotcha. And so it felt right to keep it in the family. I like it, man. Yeah. It's, I just like the vibe of it. It seems like it's a little more relaxed, very friendly, very accessible as far as that goes. And to get onto a, a really nice flight, you said saving time. Right. And going to the county airport, which is right there in West Mifflin. Yep. It's an easy free drive parking to get there. there. Free parking. You can park there for the duration of your trip to New York if you're coming from Pittsburgh. Right. And you just walk steps from your car to the plane. Now, as I, was, as I was describing, you can pretend you're Keith Richards for 15 minutes and be like, I'm a rock star. I got my own jet plane. Do it the whole flight. I got my, I got my own turbo pop. Yeah. And I'm going to be... Jet, I'm going to be flying to New York. I can't say jetting because that's not the proper terminology. I'll be turbo-propping my that's way to New York City. Yeah, all that. of a sudden, he's Mr. World Traveler. That's right. I am. <laughs> it's true. So you show up, and you only have to show up 15 minutes ahead of time Whoa. because there's no security screening there. We do our TSA pre-check prior to it's the all flight. all done ahead the, of time. Yeah, check folks prior. So, and so how many people can be on a flight? Yeah. So we have two pilots on every flight and up to eight passengers up on every passengers. flight. Excellent. That's great. And yeah. so... This started when? So I started the company in May of 2017. And then this last summer in 2018, we had 33 flights between New York and Nantucket in Massachusetts. Okay. That went great. And so from here? From New, New York. York. So yeah. can I connect? There's a lot of people here that go to Nantucket. I know. I'm getting a lot of outreach about I it. I can't believe it. So you can do yeah. Pittsburgh to New York to Nantucket then? You can this summer. So we're going to go back to. So Nantucket is for us a seasonal it's route. It's a seasonal route. New gotcha. York, Pittsburgh right. is year okay. round for us. And so when we reactivate Nantucket in the summer, you'll be able to make that connection. And so our listeners yeah. need to know the website. People are trolling around right now. Like, i got to book a flight. Where do right. I go? FlyLouie.com, F-L-Y-L-O-U-I-E. E.com. Dot com. Just making sure our listeners yeah. know. So and we also have 833-FLY-LOUIE, and we have folks standing by who can help you if you're having any difficulty with the website or if you just want to talk to someone. Talk to someone so, to his spout. You just woke up one day and said, I want to start an airline. Yeah. Yes. Just like How I, does that I woke up does... one day and I said, I want to be a rock star. So I woke up and said I want to have Cheerios for breakfast. So like I you know I'm... I don't understand. We're all making our dreams come true. <laughs> right. We Mine all are, are much easier though. Cheerios are a very simple breakfast treat. Starting uh, your own airline, pretty complicated. What's the story behind that? So I'd been part of an ed tech company. I was an early member of the management team that we grew from twenty five students to fourteen thousand students. Whoa. And we sold that business. And so I knew that I had some ability as it related to growing a startup, and I yeah. really love that. You and like to scale stuff, right? It's really fun, and it's fun solving a problem. And so after we'd sold that business, I had a little bit of time. I started looking at what's a business that I can start myself and where I see a need. And so I started looking at the charter space, and what you see there is pretty interesting. You've got 2,500 charter operators in the U.S., it's a highly fragmented space. So much. So. And a lot of them are really high quality. They have great planes, and those planes aren't utilized nearly as much as they'd like them to be. Ah, and then I started right. looking at the commercial side of things. And the commercial side, everyone has their pain points and those stories of traveling. What you see is there's been this mass consolidation over the last 30 years. Mm -hmm. And even 10 years ago, there were nine major carriers. Now there are four. 
And what that means is they have a lot of the power in terms of the routes that they're choosing and the pricing, and there's just less competition. And so especially for cities like Pittsburgh, you have fewer options. I mean, actually, with your terrific airport authority, you have more options than you did 10 years ago. Exactly. But with a lot of mid-sized cities, especially mid-sized city to mid-sized city, you have fewer nonstop options than you used to have. And there's like there's one major carrier who, after their quarterly earnings, boasted the fact that in the last three years, they've made more than they made in the 30 years prior. Exactly. That's because they can right. price however they want. They want, exactly. And so what it said to me was, hey, there's a way to bring these two issues together where you can give folks an alternative to commercial travel. You can make it faster. I may not solve the problem on price for folks, but I can give them nonstop service where they don't have it today. Or I can... Uh, at least if they're going to be paying that amount of money for a trip anyway, I can make that experience faster and better. And more fun. And more fun. I think there's something to be said to like driving up and you walk out on the tarmac. I know. And you get onto the plane. I miss those days. It's kind of cool, man. It's great. Just from that standpoint alone, I think I would want to give it a shot. And so we got about a minute or so I'm putting you on a flight. Put me on a flight. (laughs) You guys are welcome. You're all talk, dude. How many times you always send me to New York, but you you always do it and I go by myself and it's the loneliest trip ever. You know what? I'll take care of you, Jonathan. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) We will have fun. Going to New York City. So we got about a minute or so left. Why Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh's awesome, as you both know. I like that answer. Okay. So our COO, Aton, had been with JetBlue for several years overseeing aspects of uh, ah. route planning and revenue management. Right. And he joined us early on to look at the question of what routes do you expand to? We've had right. some success right. in New York, Nantucket. We okay. think there's a, something here. Right. And what we got from Aton was that we were looking at routes where there was a reasonable amount of volume, but the pricing was out of whack. And what you see on New York Pittsburgh was you've got 1,200 daily travelers, but 10% of them are paying more than $500 one way. Hmm. And that made us look more closely at Pittsburgh. And then as we did, you see there's robotics, there's autonomous driving, there's healthcare, there's industrials, there's just a ton of law firms that are terrific. And we thought, hey, we can serve this market. It's an exciting and growing one. I love it. And that made it a no-brainer. FlyLouis.com. Glad you chose Pittsburgh. Made a a very wise choice. More choices. Mm -hmm. Thank you for having us. Awesome, Julie. Absolutely. appreciate it. it. Thanks. That's great. We're taking a quick break. More Tech Vibe Radio coming this way. I swear. This is Jonathan Kirsten. And this is Audrey Russo. Learn more about the Pittsburgh Technology Council by going to pghtech.org. You know, Audrey, just last week, we had a pretty cool interview with our friends at MSA, Management Science Associates. And I had referenced, we might be having more of this. Right. And we are. They're doing some great stuff. I know. Across all different types of areas. Despite the hundred years they've been around, right? I know, man. It's crazy. crazy. We're working on 100. Working on 100. Almost there. It's amazing. (laughs) I think they're the oldest tech tech company started in Pittsburgh, right? It might be. Uh, I'm not sure I'm an authority on that. We can just Compunetics. They were started in uh, 68. These guys were started in 63. I know. By Dr. Keene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I mean, cool. Doctor Keen has some great stories too. Oh my goodness, he he could write like a movie, like a, a, a gigantic book that's turned into a movie about like the tall tales of Pittsburgh's tech sector <laughs> and his really? various and his various intersections, like bringing. So then we should record it one day. But let's oh, jump yeah. into who we Definitely. have in the house right now. Yeah, we've got a great guest with us. So Mario, who is Mario? Oh. uh... I like to say I'm just some guy, but my name is just Mario Cafaro. Just some guy. Uh, <laughs> just some been guy. An MSA going Were you on there in 1963? I was not. Um, he was there in '98. I was there in '99. '99, yeah. almost 20 Started years. Started in '99, yeah. and so I'm working on my yeah. 20th year. Oh, that's so, cool. Man. Yeah, very cool. It's great. 
Love That's it. really cool. So what are you, what are you up to? Uh, so I'm the VP of IT. Uh, so I run the infrastructure uh, IT uh, section of MSA, uh, where we take care of the data centers and the PCs and try to generally help. So people MSA be more got into the productive. data center business like in early. the within the last decade, right? Uh, maybe 15 years, sometime yeah. oh, okay. in the early 2000s. Okay, um, but you created your first data center for your own personal uses, like back in the late 60s. Well, we had yeah. yeah we we borrowed some data centers. Okay, <laughs> um, so we didn't build our own till the early two thousands. Right, but that's because we uh, we kind of grew out of right, right, right. Uh, that's cool. Our, our the spaces that we were borrowing. So, so, what are your big priorities right now? Oh, uh, our big priorities are always adding more customers and right. um, trying to it's for the to data make, centers. Yeah, mm-hmm. to try to make their lives a little bit easier. Okay, uh, we've made some. Pretty significant investments in our data centers mm-hmm. and our data center business, and um, and so that they don't have to. So, okay, so you know, being in a data center today is very different than it was 15 years ago. Yes, uh, we've experienced an awful lot of consolidation. Right? And, Isn't it incredible? Yes. Absolutely. And so, we, I mean, how uh, many humans work in a data center? So we are staffed twenty four by seven, right? Uh, but there's as few as one uh, at certain times I know. of the day. Um, but uh, when generally I speaking, started in this work in ninety six, ninety five, maybe ninety four. How about like thirty people, forty people at all times? And you had much, well, big, we had much three, bigger machines. Oh, yeah. we yeah. we loved our mainframes and our yeah. AS four hundreds, but you know. You had tape changers had tape and changers, all the people right. that have to kind of jockey tapes around. Yep. There's not a whole lot of that anymore. We're just uh, backing up the disks these days and uh, replicating using uh, modern technology. Right. So. right. so that would be a good option for people even locally to have as a backup, right, for disaster recovery? Absolutely. Uh, so it's one of the services we provide is disaster recovery. Um, anywhere, anything from, you know, copying your VMs over to us right. or... Um, have your full-on uh, hot site uh, at our facility. And these are all in the Pittsburgh area? Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, we like to have customers from anywhere. Of course. Uh, but the majority of our customer base now is, is in, the, in, the, in the local area. Absolutely. And yeah. the actual facilities themselves? Yeah, two facilities. Yeah. Uh, one is in uh, Terenum, uh, right. in the Rock Point Business Air Park. And the other is in uh, the North Hills of Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. So right uh, off of Evergreen Heights Drive. So what, what of is your daily life like? <laughs> we were, Chuck and I were talking about this a little bit earlier today. Um, oh, well, that's psychic of me. So. <laughs> yes. She's yeah. tapping into your vibes. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty good. Um, so my daily life is uh, probably uh, a little more strange than most people's, but uh, I try to make sure things are running. Uh, but my teams are excellent, and so mm-hmm. uh, they keep me uh, safe, and they keep everything up and running. But uh, the way our facilities are built, um, there's not a whole lot of hands-on, to mm-hmm. your point. So right. we don't necessarily need a lot of people to right. do the thing. So right. it's amazing. really, we're about customer service now. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just think about all the data that's being processed and stored and run through your systems. Like, a lot of responsibility there. I mean, these are people's livelihoods that are in your hands. And it just, I think it goes to underscore the importance of the business that you have and how seriously, obviously, MSA takes that because that is the core of everything is having your data stored and accessible 
twenty four seven. Yeah, never, the core never of, goes down. The core of MSA's business is and, is the data center exactly, and the and the data itself. So if anyone knows that, it's MSA itself because of all the other services that it does that that require the data centers. I think it's just so interesting. Yeah, they make us uh, our internal business units make us uh, better. Uh, uh, yeah. stewards of technology exactly. because they challenge us yeah. constantly. Because my whole theory is if it's good enough for MSA, it's good enough for you, right? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I know Dr. Keene's got some pretty high standards. Yes. Yeah. So, that, so your day is filled with making sure that people are happy, right? Yeah, it's about customer service. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there's so many less people in the data center, as you pointed out, uh, now we focus our efforts on making sure our customers are happy and finding ways that we can help them and, and, and make their lives better. So what do you think about what's happening in the Pittsburgh region? Are you feeling the growth? So we do feel the growth. Um, Certainly um, having lots of available talent is helpful for us. Um, Are you hiring right now? We're always hiring. What does that mean? What are you looking for right now? Uh, I'm sure that we can use any kind of developers. We can use all sorts of... um, Network uh, savvy people, okay. uh, support staff is always good. Uh, we always are looking for qualified help desk people. Mm-hmm. Um, much of the focus is around making our products better. Um, we certainly try to streamline our efforts mm-hmm. so that uh, we focus our efforts on, you know, trying to automate more things. So it requires uh, less human touch, mm-hmm. but uh, it certainly requires a, a, a better skill set from uh, the the people to to build uh, mm-hmm. this automation and self service product. Okay. So, what else do you want us to know about your world? Oh, uh, well, I, you know, I like to talk about uh, Dr. Keen as uh, you know. We believe that we're the first CMU spinoff. So, uh, I think you're right. I think back, you are. Uh, and that's Dr. Uh, Alfred Keen, who's the founder of MSA back in 1963. And he's, I think that's true, <laughs> right? Yeah. I do. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, like I said, I'm not sure I'm the, the right uh, authority right. on that. But, but what we uh, do know is that he was a pioneer, and MSA is one of the pioneering tech companies here right. in Pittsburgh that's just doing kick-butt work around the world and here in Pittsburgh, and it's all reliant on your data centers. And what I think is great is MSA uses your data centers, of course, and then they're available for people to use as well, too. So obviously, you got some special stuff going on there. We like to think that... Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, who are some of your typical customers? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you cut across any industry as far as that goes. If you got data, you can house it, right? Yeah. Uh, we don't really have a market, if you will. I mean, we have gotcha. manufacturing companies, right. healthcare companies. Uh, much of yeah, what, you do everything. Yes. Much of our data center mm-hmm. is uh, looks like the melting pot of Pittsburgh. The right? melting pot of Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. We've got data, so, data everywhere, and it's coming from all but sources. But that's, that's <laughs> reminiscent. Of, that's reflective of your company. Yes, I because, agree. Because your company works in every vertical, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, much of the focus of our uh, company is around data. Mm-hmm. So uh, we were, like we were a big kind of data customer, company right. before big data right. was a exactly. was a term. People were, didn't even know what data was, <laughs> for lack of a better term. But no, that's why it's, it's so cool to be, be able to talk to you and get some of this some of this insight because of MSA's deep roots and, and all the connections that you guys have here with Pittsburgh and how you really put Pittsburgh on the tech map, as far as that goes. And just people know that if they want to learn more about the data center capabilities that you have. Is there a great place for people to go and, and be able to kind of geek out and nerd out on some of the data center capabilities? Yeah, the msa.com. Okay. Uh, and if you do slash ITSS, you'll get yeah. to our webpage that specifically talks about our data centers. I bet you your webpage is better than all the other webpages, right? 
It's uh, got to be cooler. Yeah. We, <laughs> we like to think it is. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> we got all the good stuff on it. So I've heard that Pittsburgh is a great place to build data centers because we're on some stable rock, right? And I don't want to jinx us. Like, or Lord, what about energy costs? And energy costs. I mean, Pittsburgh's a good place to do this, right? Yeah. So well-suited, uh, mainly uh, stable seismically. Okay. Um, and S- stable seismically. Yeah. yeah. Very like few earthquakes. Yes. Very few earth, and the ones we do have, you don't feel them so much, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I've never personally felt one. So if you, we if, had one in Pittsburgh, probably about five or six years ago, where I was sitting at my desk and my monitor started. I start. I thought someone was pushing me from behind. <laughs> Maybe it was Audrey. Jonathan, you it said was not that. Audrey. It's true. I didn't feel it. No, we did. Everyone got freaked out, but that was the one time. So Pittsburgh's seismically stable. Right. Good cost of energy good place to build data centers yeah well i mean uh, other than the weather uh we love the weather here the weather? <laughs> why would the weather have anything to do with the data centers it well it won't because we have generator power to keep exactly up. So whenever you get your ice storm or something like that it takes out everyone else's power you guys uh, keep trucking man we keep trucking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. dr king wouldn't have it any other way That's <laughs> as simple as that yeah anyhow man i'm so glad you got to hang out with us and talk to us what's going on with msa we'll talk about dr king there and, and all the magic he's done, he goes to work every single day, I bet. He's there making sure people are doing what they Absolutely. do. Absolutely. Every day. <laughs> and I'm, it's saying something about the place. You've been there for 20 years now. Yep. That's, right. that's saying something. Because a guy like you could be any place you want to, but you're working at MSA. Uh, I, I appreciate the opportunities I've had there. Oh, that's great. Man. Fantastic stuff. Mario, thanks for stopping by. Hanging out with us here on Tech Vibe Radio. Uh, dude, we're coming back with more, I swear. All right, don't we go away. More Tech Vibe Radio. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And this is Audrey Russo. And the last time I checked, Audrey, we're from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. You can learn more about us by going on over to pghtech.org and then head on over to Twitter at pghtech. Rumor has it, Audrey, you were recently hacked. You know what it means to be hacked. It's awful. Oh, you mean hacked technology-wise? You're exactly right. That stunk. Yeah. That freaking stunk. Your, your Gmail account was hacked. And... I know. Someone got in there and forwarded all my emails and to some account. Anyway, people the were, point people is. People were buying big screen TVs. It made me really get jolted yeah. and say, okay, let me see what I can do. So I'm very excited that we're talking to Steve Mancini because he is a friend and he's also a leader over at NST. FTA. Then, exactly. And uh, that's the National Cyber Forensic Training Alliance. Training Alliance. And exactly. they are on top of things. Exactly. And so I've been hanging out with Steve, just getting the greatest and latest as to what's going on within cyber stuff. It's enough to make you freak out, but enough to arm you with knowledge so you don't get hacked. Check out what Steve had to say. No stranger to Tech Vibe Radio. He's from the National Cyber Forensics and Training Alliance, the NCFTA. Steve, thanks for hanging out with me in the podcast studio today. I'm loving it, and it's nice to be back. Uh, you know what? Uh, again, I just can't get over these new digs you guys are in. You're liking it. it. I don't yeah. Love it. How about our coffee? Ugh, I got no complaints, my See? friend. I'm a yeah. coffee addict. I yes. admit it. I, we'll have more after the show. So just say, <laughs> be hang tight. Be hang tight. Good time. You know, so over the past summer, we spun up our little and that thing is getting bigger and bigger but we got to start somewhere it's our it's our cyber scene podcast series because you are an expert when it comes to all things that are happening with cyber crime i mean the ncfta is on the leading edge of this and uh, we like uh, educating our listeners as to the, the, the crazy things that are happening out there. Cause it's a scary world, but you're helping keeping it safe. So first off, who is Steve Mancini? Our listeners need to know, and the 
the NCFTA and the important function it serves, being based out of here, Pittsburgh, PA. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so, Steve Mancini, I am the Chief Technical Officer at the National Cyber Forensics and Training Alliance. Uh, you know, like I said, we're located here in Pittsburgh. We are also in uh, New York, L.A., and uh, Charlotte. But, again, we're headquartered out of Pittsburgh. Absolutely. Um, very straightforward mission. Uh, and I've talked about this before in, uh, in other podcasts. That we, uh, we work with different industry and law enforcement partners. You know, twofold. One, work with the different industry folks and kind of identify what is the latest and greatest, what's going on, come up with a mitigation strategy, kind of stop the bleeding. Um, and in, at, the, at the end of the day, it's like we've said this before, you know, they're, these are humans. They're humans behind the keyboard. So right. we want to help work with different, you know, government entities to identify the humans and then do what they've got to do because, you um, at the end of the day, if you don't stop these folks doing what they do, you're never really going to stop it. You're just simply exactly. postponing the inevitable. Postponing the inevitable. And I'm reminding our listeners that if you actually go over to iTunes and search for Tech Vibe Radio or go to pghtech.org and search for Tech Vibe Radio, you can actually – we have an extended podcast talking about some of the topics we'll be talking about here. And if you minutes, everything from what's going on with like skimmers, GDPR, uh, emails being spoofed, all this kind of crazy stuff that's happening out there. And Steve kind of has the latest as what's going on. We'll have a lot more details. So you can really kind of – nerd out and just look for the old cyber scene podcast with with tech five radio as far as that is so first off let's start off with real fast skimmers i've been seeing a lot on, on the actual like news about these things like local news where like little gas stations have been hit where someone put a little skimmer in the credit card slot and they stole a bunch of people's uh, credit card information and went about buying a lot of large screen tvs on someone else's dime best way to do it see <laughs> beats working for a living nothing better than a free flat screen tv right so again it goes back to the as uh, as Commerce transitions online. What bad guys have figured is, hey, there's still value in mag. We call it mag stripe data. In other words, a little magnetic stripe of yeah. the credit card. Um, credit uh, gas stations are kind of a soft target because you got to figure maybe you've got you know six, eight pumps out there, and maybe you have one or two people working inside. You pull up like you're going to get gas, and you've bought this nice little skimmer online. Um, Depending on how you know the security of the station is being monitored and all that, it's it's easy to put them in there, and um, they're all Bluetooth enabled, which means from the bad guy, once I have it installed, you know I can just drive by and download the different data, and again it makes it nice and easy. And think about it, all it takes is one credit card, and you're making money. Absolutely, and ah. and, and the other flip side of that yeah. too is a lot of times on on fraud with respect, especially the stolen credit cards. Yeah. You don't even know you're a victim until you get the bill. Exactly. And so if I'm the bad guy and you swipe, and let's just say every two days I'm going to go by the gas station and see what I can get. So I've got my little Bluetooth device. I go in the parking lot. I go in like I want to buy bubble gum. And I've downloaded everything I've been skimming. I would at least clean my windows while I'm doing Do it. Something. I mean, it's like getting something back to the community, exactly. right? Exactly. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to get this data, and it's fresh. Nobody, it's, there's been no fraudulent transactions conducted yet. So the credit card numbers are still going to work. And maybe they just bought gas yesterday or the day before, maybe that morning, and I'm, I'm, I'm downloading it now. So then I'm going to go onto my nefarious website, and I'm going to either resell it mm. or oh, yeah, I'm going to use it yourself or oh, just sell it. That's, well, that's I would do both. Do. I would do both. You could. If I were a terrible, awful person, I'd be like, first I'm going to buy a flat screen TV. And then you're going to go. And then I'll sell it on the black market. The only thing I'll throw this at you. Is that bad? Well, no, bad form? The, the only challenge is this. If I just sell the cards, yeah. let's, say I'm, I, let's say I go to a gas station. Let's say there's you know 200 people bought gas that day. Right. And let's say I did it for two days. So it's 400 credit cards. If I sold the credit card, say, I don't know, 10 bucks a pop, I make that money, 
I don't have to worry about where am I going to ship the TV to. Oh, uh, yeah. Right. So, so all I have to do is just sell yeah. the numbers. Here's the numbers. I know they're good. I just skimmed them. It's fresh. Quick and dirty. I don't have to muck around. And then another podcast will save for another day. Thanks to cryptocurrencies and exchanges, it's, you know, it's easy yeah, to move exactly right. so, You can move it around. Gotcha. All kinds of ways to hide the money. So skimmers, I don't think they're going away. I, I, they've been around. You know, there was the old days when they would just go in the, into the actual stores. Like, that's not going away. Those, gotcha. and, and the thing is, it's, it's not so much about the skimmers. It's about the bad guys go, what works? Absolutely. I'll do that. Just like emails. Sending emails with attachments. Why do it? Because it works. It if works. it didn't work, I wouldn't do it. Someone will click. That's right. And it's a payday. I'll send the it. links. I'll send whatever. I remember. I mean, I remember. Well, it was almost twenty years ago when I was uh, when I was still in the military. We went to um, we went to a formatted email that removed all of like the you know like they have the HTML. Remember, people used to send the emails. Yeah. And they had like sound, and, and you're like, oh my god, yeah. it got like colors exactly. in the email, like hashtag stop now. <laughs> hashtag and stop so, now. So we we got so the military, we got rid of that and went with plain text. Therefore, any embedded links, all that stuff it's is all gone. Show, right? It's right? gone. All, yeah. that, all that stuff's gone. But you, you can still get the emails from people where they have active links and it's like, man, come on. I mean, it's 2018. Yeah, I need I need pink colors. You know? <laughs> I need pink colors. And to remind everyone, if you just literally go onto iTunes and search Tech Vibe Radio, you can learn more about this particular topic. Other things we're going to talk about in the uh, podcast is, is, all, is all around uh, – the, uh, the GDPR and the European standards of how they protect people's data um, in their databases and online. What's going on with that? So it's funny you ask because a few months ago I was actually in Europe and I was at a conference for GDPR. And this goes back to the if you as industry don't hold yourselves accountable, then we as government will step in and say, all right, we're going to protect our citizens. GDPR is kind of being pushed now. Companies that have data are, are figuring it out still, but at the end of the day, it's designed, you know, generally at a high level. It's, it's basically designed to help you, the person whose data is being possessed by a company. Um, there's really no American equivalent, which is why... We maybe have, need an American I equivalent. I think we're long overdue. Um, to me, it's all about accountability. Um, but GDPR is just a way for you as, you know, Joe Blow, European citizen to say, okay... Who has my data? Why do you have it? Let me see what you have. You know what? I want. I have the right to be forgotten. You don't need my data. Forget all about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So there, there's, of course, there's stipulations to that. But, 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 you know, it is just a way to protect the people whose data it is these companies are profiting off of at the end of the day. And, and again, it comes back to the whole accountability right. and, and a warning to industry. Either you protect the data or government's going they're to They're going to do it for you. step in. I'm usually not about government interference, but something like that, I think I kind of want someone putting some controls because it's just becoming crazy. And so much data is being created. So much of people's personal identity can be easily exposed. It just seems like we need, we need, we need to ensure people are safe when, when they're out there. So we've got about a minute or so left. Um, it's been a year since the whole Equifax thing. Is it, should people still be freaked out? I think um, as long as your name, date of birth, and social security number uh, are still valid. And I've been trying they, to change mine, but the government won't let me. You should always be freaked out. I was going to knock 10 years off and, my life. You know, yeah. And it's easy to say, well, I think it was a nation state. But, but at the end of the day, it, again, I've said this before, it was a known vulnerability. Maybe it was a nation state. Got it. Maybe it's not being sold. And by the way, there was supposedly a report that they were selling some of the data out there. Now, you know, who, who can know? Where, that's the other problem. Doesn't matter. Where did the data it's, come? There's so much data that's been breached over the right. years. It's like, where did it come from? Right. So, it, to me, it's not the Equifax breach. It's the fact that you can have everything taken 
and you really have no recourse. Now I'm That's the out. problem. I know. But learn more about this by going to our podcast. Just go to iTunes, search for Tech Vibe Radio. You'll see us with the uh, cyber scene. With Steve Mancini from the National Cyber Forensics and Training, ncfta.net. Steve, you're the best, man. Well, Thanks for hanging out. Thank us. you very much for having me. Excellent. What do you think, Audrey? Steve knows his stuff. Oh, he totally does. If you don't know anything about NCFTA, Google it. They are doing really pretty incredible things right from Pittsburgh. I know. Addressing issues around cybersecurity and working on things that none of us probably want to know about. I know. But we're happy they're working on it. Absolutely. And we're partnering with them on cyber coming up this summer. Oh, right. That's exciting stuff. So we'll have more details on that. Plus, we're going to have more stuff from Steve throughout the year because Steve is our go-to cybersecurity expert. So, hey, wrapping the show up with that, arming with a little knowledge around cybersecurity. That's what we do here on Tech Vibe Radio. Audrey, always fun hanging out with you here in the studio, doing what we do, putting a spotlight on all things tech here in Pittsburgh. Have an awesome weekend. Signing off. And everybody, learn more about the, learn more about the Tech Council by going to pghtech.org. The only place to go and learn all about the Pittsburgh Technology Council. See you guys. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 